Professor Michael Manjuris, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for inviting me. Professor, first of all, these deals take a long time to work out, but what has changed in this version, some people call it NAFTA 2.0, than the original version, just in broad terms? Um, well, three things. First of all, um, although we have retained the um, dispute resolution panel and the ability to uh, resolve disputes through the new version of the agreement, We've also got agreement from the United States that they will not prevent the panel from uh, doing its work, where in the past they've actually been acting in that manner. So that's good news. The second is that this new version has agreement from Mexico to increase their minimum wage in the work area to a level that is closer to what's happening in Canada and the United States, which levels the competitive playing field across all three nations. And the third thing, of course, is that by signing the agreement itself, we have presumably trade peace and therefore businesses have a better understanding of what the rules are moving forward and can make better business decisions. Let me get back to the trade dispute mechanism for just a moment. That is something that's always been quite contentious in Canada. And there is some similarity with that, I suppose, uh, with the World Trade Organization, where they've kind of lost that mechanism. So what's the advantage and disadvantage of that? Well, first of all, at the WTO, um, the nickname is the Supreme Court of International Trade. So that's their trade dispute mechanism, which was a body of judges. The United States, over the last few years, do not allow for judges to be renewed or reappointed. And so what happens is, as a judge's uh, tenure comes to an end, no new judge is appointed, to the point that today, December 2019, there is only one judge remaining, and therefore that dispute mechanism cannot function at the WTO. However, we need a way to resolve disputes. Although you might sign an agreement, disputes ultimately arise. And the new NAFTA provides us that by retaining the dispute mechanism that we had in the past, so that going forward, Canadian companies still have a place to go to get disputes, trade disputes resolved, at least within North America. But we have been sued more often under that mechanism than than we have sued others under it, and we seem to have lost most of our cases, haven't we? I don't think we've lost most of our cases. Yes, we've lost some of our cases, but I think also the cases that we won, we would not have had that advantage had there not been a mechanism. And, there, and a couple that I can think of, for example, softwood lumber, although it is often administered outside of the regime of NAFTA, our initial wins with the dispute right mechanism back in the late 90s and early 2000s happened because of the dispute resolution mechanism we're talking about. And that set a precedent in terms of future disputes within the softwood lumber industry. So it's been good for Canada overall. No, we don't win every single one, and perhaps we shouldn't, but at least it gives us a place to go, and that's better than nothing at all. Now, let's to get into winners and losers on this uh, deal, then. I don't like to use the term winners and losers. I think the sectors, there's three at least, sectors that will benefit the most from this new deal. And I think that the automotive sector, and that helps, of course, Central Canada and Ontario primarily. And the reason that's a benefit to them is with the increase in, in the content rules. In other words, more of a, a automobile's content has to come from North America in order to be able to be transported across the borders tariff-free. That really helps our manufacturers here in Canada. Second would be the manufacturers of generic drugs. And so this is essentially the manufacturers are out of the uh, province of Manitoba. And there they've uh, been able to retain the, um, the reduction in 
patent protection. At one time, the United States wanted 10 years, and that's not the case under the new, uh, the new Deal. It's much less. So that helps our generic drug manufacturers in terms of their ability to access market and grow the market throughout North America for inexpensive drugs. And thirdly, it would be our technology industry and the ability for them to access the bigger U.S. market uh, tariff-free, and that helps companies right across the country. As for, I don't call them losers, but as for industries that probably have concerns, I think there are two major ones. One would be the lumber industry or forestry industry across Canada because it's undergoing quite a bit of change right now in terms of job losses and realignment as companies look to move some of the production out of Canada back down to the United States. And those issues and concerns are not addressed at all. So it's the fact that they haven't been addressed that I think is a cause for concern for that industry. And the agricultural industry, particularly our dairy farmers, are now going to see an increase in competition from some U.S. players. And they already are facing an increase in competition from European players because of the free trade deal called CETA that we signed a few years ago with the European Union. Well, Professor Manjuris, when you talk about the lumber industry moving south and so on, hasn't that always been the serious concern, shall we say, with NAFTA for Canadians? Because much of the auto industry, for example, has retracted in Canada and gone south. And you know, they, they, they can still build cars in the United States and sell them here, whereas in the past, that wasn't the case. And this seems to be the case with a lot of issues now, whereby when you have these international deals like this, the industry can move out of one country and still sell into the other country. And that's right. And, and it comes down, obviously, to the business model. So companies will look, first of all, at the economics and then make decisions related to where they're going to place production versus where they'll actually sell their finished product. But what's also part of the mix of what we're talking about is politics. So some car production was moved under the Obama administration, and the reason for that was pure politics. It was to appease the U.S. automotive unions. And we're seeing some of that happening in the forestry industry right now. But I think it's a temporary change. I think that our workers and our Canadian businesses will realize the need to be more competitive and the need to be more innovative. And I think if this helps to diversify the markets and to look for other overseas markets, BC, for example, could be looking more often at Asian markets, not for, you know, raw, raw lumber, in other words, trees, but for finished products, building products like two by fours and plywood, etc. And I think that allows for kind of a change or, as I mentioned earlier, a realignment of what is produced here. And going forward, that can be a benefit. It's the transition period that can be you know, difficult for some in the industry to take. The problem is the behavior of the United States administration when it comes to trade and whether it will actually follow what the NAFTA agreement is all about. How does this deal affect global trade issues and how do global trade issues affect this deal then? Well, I think the good news here is that we still have retained the um, dispute mechanism that I talked about earlier, which is really good because although we might agree in principle on how trade should happen across our, bo- our borders, There can be times when companies or countries dispute how the trade policies are being implemented. And the agreement allows for a place to go to air that dispute and have a final decision so it's resolved. At the World Trade Organization, they had a a similar mechanism. But because of the moves primarily by the U.S. administration, there's a dismantling of that function at the WTO level, which means we can't now go to the WTO level 
to resolve trade disputes. So we need to go somewhere. And at least the new NAFTA gives us a place to go. Has there been criticism regarding the fact that these kinds of international trade deals give a lot of power to multinational corporations because uh, to the detriment of, of national workers, for example, because they'll say, if you don't give me what I want in terms of a better deal or, or wage concessions or whatever, I'll just move the operations to the other country. And, and that is certainly one point of view. The point of international trade agreements is to allow for businesses, big and small, to be able to access lower cost, we call them factors of production. So it's not just wage rates, but it's wage rates, it's accessing technology that would help lower your production costs, et cetera, but also gives those businesses an opportunity to access a much larger market. So in this free trade scenario, there are going to be shifts or or a transition period as there are changes occurring because companies can invest in a much greater area, therefore move that investment around. Some see that as a disadvantage. Some see it as a benefit because smaller and medium-sized businesses can actually access a much greater market in order to sell their goods and services. So there are pluses and minuses uh, to a free, a free trade agreement in general. Professor Manjuris, uh, studying this deal, what kind of a grade would you give it as, as a professor marking a paper here? <laughs> From Canada's point of view, I would give it a B. I'd give it a B because it allows us to retain the sort of the good components of our previous NAFTA deal. It's added a few enhancements, but I don't think it's covered everything that we were looking for, particularly in the aforementioned forestry industry. So that's why I don't give it an A. But I also don't think it's a failure by any means. I think that given the political climate, particularly from our friends in the U.S., it was going to be difficult to get everything, and I think they did a pretty good job in, in obtaining the benefits they did with this new deal. Professor Michael Manjuras, thank you so much for this. And thank you for having me on your show.